It's September 29th. You're listening to the President's Daily Brief. I'm your host and former CIA officer, Brian Dean Wright. Your morning intel starts now. We've got a special edition of the PDB today. Some important news in the battle for the Pacific, which is our long-running series on whether China or the United States will win in the battle for influence amongst the many island nations of the North and South Pacific. Now, I'm doing this special because the leaders of 14 of those island nations are in Washington, D.C. this morning, wrapping up a two-day summit with Joe Biden and other administration officials. So today we are going to take a trip to the Pacific and we are going to explore where America is winning, where we're losing, and what we can do to strengthen our position in case war ever comes. As always, I'll respond to a listener question today. It's about how close we might be to a nuclear war with Russia. But first, let's get started with today's main brief, the battle for the Pacific. It's really important that we win this battle for you, for me, for all of us. Because if it ever came to war with China, we would need every last ally in that critical region, just as we did when we battled Japan in World War II. And that's precisely why the Biden administration is spending two full days talking to leaders of these 14 countries from both the North and the South Pacific, trying to rebuild relationships with these countries that, by all fair estimates, well, we've sort of just forgotten about them over the years. And along with it, we've lost much of our influence. Now, that's not universally true. There are some places where we're still doing pretty good. But overall, we've got our work cut out for us. So that's why for this brief, you should definitely pull out those maps on your phones, computers, or in your mind, and maybe fire up some internet searches for all the countries and the beautiful scenery that we're about to explore, from tropical beaches to rainforests, and even some deep sea diving for old wrecked World War II planes and ships. But as we do, we have to keep in mind that this morning's island hopping is really serious. Because if we can repair many of these damaged relationships, It could save lives, maybe yours or your children's. So let's frame this entire conversation with three big questions. First, which of these island nations are with us? And second, who's against us? And third, who's on the fence? With those answers in hand, we can talk about how to strengthen our position in the Pacific and make sure that we can win this war with China if it ever comes to it. So let's grab those maps and let's get to work. So our first stop this morning is in the North Pacific countries of Pulau, the Marshall Islands, and the Federated States of Micronesia. And we're stopping here first because while each country is distinct, hundreds of islands between them, fascinating cultures and food and people, there's one thing that unites them. They have all signed something called the Compacts of Free Association, or COFAs, with the United States. These compacts are a pretty big deal for America, and to understand why, we actually need to brush up on some history. So before and during World War II, the Japanese occupied these particular island chains, but lost control after the war ended. And then the United Nations took over under a type of trust uh, with the idea that they'd eventually become independent. And that started happening in the late 1970s and the 1980s. And when these island countries did gain their independence, America got them to sign these compacts or COFAs. And here was the agreement. The United States would give them cash each year, around a third of their national budgets. 
Plus, their citizens could travel and work freely in the United States, even join our military. In return, we got basing rights for our armed services, plus very heavy influence over their foreign policies. And those compacts have worked pretty well for at least the last 40 years, both for them and for us. But things could change. And that's because these COFAs are actually up for renegotiation all over the next couple of years. So far, the countries of Pulau and the Federated States of Micronesia are both looking pretty good for us. Both of those nations are set to sign their COFAs for at least another 20 years or so. But the Marshall Islands, on the other hand, well, they're not so sure. The main sticking point with them has to do with World War II. As my history buffs probably remember, we tested nuclear weapons in the Marshall Islands from 1946 to 1958. And there have been very serious costs from doing that to the people and to the environment. And the Marshall Island leaders are angling for more compensation. I suspect America will be able to work through those differences, and most observers agree with me. So for now, let's count them as being on our side. And that takes us to who's not on our side. So to get there, we leave the Marshall Islands and Micronesia, and we fly just a little bit further south across the equator, more or less, and move from the North Pacific to the South Pacific. Now, if you are a longtime PDB listener, you probably know the first suspect on our naughty list of countries who are falling away from our influence and towards China. And that country is the Solomon Islands. In the past couple of years, the president of that country, his last name is Sogavare, well, he has decided to switch his allegiance from the United States to China. Now, officially, he proclaims his neutrality, but to refresh our memories, he signed a secret deal with Beijing earlier this year, giving China access to his ports, possibly an airstrip, and favorable trade deals, all in exchange for training his police and lots of cash. Sogavare gets a personal slush fund from Beijing of $2 million a year that the president can use for whatever he wants. And he has. In fact, we know last November and December, he bought off parliament members so he could stay in power. That's, of course, according to Australian press and the Wall Street Journal. Plus, Sogovare has agreed to let China install cheap telephone and internet systems, which I can tell you that Beijing will absolutely tap for their benefit. All right, meanwhile, there's another naughty neighbor of the Solomons that we should be talking about, and that is the country of Kiribati. Now, that country used to be known as the Gilbert Islands before independence. And as my U.S. Marines will know, that island chain might be beautiful now, but during World War II, it was the scene of some of the most horrific and bloody fighting. But in modern times, Kiribati has become much more friendly, but unfortunately, with China. In 2019, the president of that country switched his allegiance from Taiwan to Beijing, and from that point on, China has been deeply involved in that president's political future to include his re-election campaign and even cutting checks for various aid projects. That's all according to the Eurasian Times. So those two nations, the Solomons and Kiribati, they are the two problem islands that, to be honest with you, we probably have lost to China. Getting them back will be very challenging. And so that leaves about 10 or so other nations on the fence in terms of their ultimate allegiance. Let me give you some examples. One of the most important, and frankly, one of the most troubling, is Papua New Guinea. It's about 60 miles from Australia at its closest point. 
They've got deep and growing cooperation with China, unfortunately, and that includes major trade deals involving Papua New Guinean gas, minerals, and timber, about $4 billion in trade in all. The Chinese are also squeezing this country with debt. Around half a billion dollars is what they owe to the Chinese government for assorted projects over the years. And actually, let's stop for a moment, because that debt is really important. The Chinese government is using something here called the debt trap diplomacy. So how it works is that Beijing loans very cheap money to very poor countries, knowing that these impoverished nations will take on too much debt that they can never properly service. And then when they default, China starts negotiating away the debt for key assets like ports, landing strips, or mineral and fishing rights. And that's exactly what we are seeing all around the world, from Africa to Latin America, and now these mostly poor Pacific Island nations too. So consider the country of Samoa. That country is located right next to American Samoa, which is a U.S. territory and different from its close neighbor, Samoa. Regardless, Samoa owes about 40% of its national debt to China. That's according to Reuters News Service. And there are signs that Samoa is buckling under Beijing's economic pressure. So here's what I mean. According to press reports, Samoa signed a trade deal back in May under terms that remain either secret or purposely vague. So listen to the announced wording of that deal between China and Samoa. China will provide infrastructure development support to various Samoan sectors. And a new framework for future projects will be determined and mutually agreed upon. Okay, well, if you can translate what that means, let me know. But seriously, these deals tend to be very vague on purpose. Generally because countries like Samoa want to avoid angering their historical friends and allies from America to Australia and other South Pacific island nations too. And speaking of, there's another island nation that's unfortunately falling for the debt trap diplomacy. It's called Vanuatu. Now, you might know of this country if you've ever seen the musical South Pacific. There was a World War II military base there on that island called Espiritu Santo Naval Base. And it was the setting for the book, which later became the musical South Pacific. But how times have changed. Vanuatu now owes about $130 million to China, which has kept that country very close to itself. Plus, China is giving Vanuatu lots of goodies, too to include building the prime minister a new house, along with other key government buildings. That is based on reporting from the Sydney Morning Herald. And that actually takes us to our last four island nations for a quick review. Fiji and Tonga, both incredibly beautiful countries, it's absolutely true, but they are very troublesome for the United States. Fiji has one of the strongest military relationships with China, and Beijing actually provides the Fijian military with vehicles and uniforms and personnel training. That's according to the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute. Tonga, on the other hand, has been flirting with Beijing for a while now, actually, to include $100 million in debt, plus training of Tongan athletes for professional games to include the Olympics, and getting 11 million bucks worth of free office building construction a couple years ago. So if America is losing those two countries, Fiji and Tonga, we do have a couple of other ones that we're keeping pretty darn close. The countries of Tuvalu and Nauru, both of whom stand very strongly with us and with Taiwan. They have consistently rejected the overtures made by China, at least 
so far. So all in all, if we had a scorecard, I'd say China's got two countries, America has got five, and the other eight or so are on the fence with many leaning towards China. So all this raises the question then of what can America do to pull these countries closer into our sphere of influence, or at least ensure that they stay neutral. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll hash that out with a particular focus on fish, of all things. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, once again, Pure Talk is investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. Now, you've heard me talk about Pure Talk before, right? How they provide excellent coverage and service with industry-beating rates. And now, I'm happy to announce that Pure Talk is also providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. Look, that's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Bring your phone, and PureTalk's eSIM technology makes switching so simple. Or you can get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch to the cell phone company that I know will provide you with outstanding service and value, PureTalk. Just go to puretalk.com baker, that's B-A-K-E-R, just like you imagined, to start saving today. And when you do, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, visit puretalk.com baker to start saving on wireless at home and abroad. You're cruising down the highway, windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com carlson. Visit now. Welcome back to the PDB. It's time to talk about solutions to bring those Pacific Island nations back into our sphere of influence. But before we do, let's remember the stakes here. If it were to come to war with China, a war that nobody wants to see, but frankly, I suspect we probably will see in our lifetimes, then we are going to desperately need every ally that we can get. And that includes most especially in the North and South Pacific, just like in World War II when we fought the Japanese. So how do we re-engage with these island nations that candidly we have largely ignored for the past 50 years or so? Well, the Biden administration, to their credit, has correctly decided to take some immediate steps to fix those relationships, like sending diplomats to the region to re-engage. That happened this summer and last spring. We're also opening up two new embassies in Kiribati and Tonga, and that's helpful. There are also some new Peace Corps volunteers who will start showing up next summer or so, and that's nice. But if you really want to make some headway, we got to bring our wallet and plan to protect some fish. 
So let me explain by talking about that wallet first. What China offers these nations is cheap financing and cheap construction. And we see that all over the North and South Pacific. And the citizens there, they see it too. So our military and Department of State should prioritize favorable loans or direct aid. In other words, if you can't beat them, join them. China does it, and frankly, so should we. By the way, this doesn't have to be wildly expensive. There's a great example of China providing a couple of very simple buses, school buses, to a very poor island in the Solomons, and it brought them tremendous goodwill. Still, there's a second underappreciated concern that every single one of these island nations have, and it's that China is destroying the fishing industries of these countries. Chinese boats have become a, a parasite that illegally fish at such a volume that local fishermen are struggling to compete. And by that, I mean they're struggling to find fish at all. So let me share something with you that you might not know. China's booming middle class has a constant craving for fish, and it is so insatiable that they've dramatically depleted their own stocks of fish in China. And that means that Beijing and all of its companies have to go abroad. And I mean everywhere. China's fishing fleet has grown from a dozen ships or so in the 1980s to 17,000 today. That's according to the London-based researcher Overseas Development Institute. So to give you some context, Taiwan and South Korea combined have 2,500 ships. China has 17,000. And they travel all around the world for fish to Western Africa, Latin America, and all throughout the North and South Pacific, specifically for tuna. So I want to give you a challenge. Use your internet browser and search for China, illegal fishing, and just any of the countries that I've mentioned, especially the Solomons, Vanuatu, Tonga, Fiji. In every case, there is a Chinese fishing vessel that's stealing or destroying fish stocks. And the people of these countries, especially the local fishermen, are mad as hell about it. So there's your leverage, folks. We should be driving a train through that opening, reminding leaders and citizens alike that they can work with us to remove the parasites from Beijing. Now, for what it's worth, the Department of Defense and our Coast Guard understand this opportunity about fish. And they're actually making the pitch to them that we can provide people and boats to better protect their waters. And that's good. It means that somebody back in D.C. actually gets it. And for once... That's a refreshing thing that I am very happy to report. Folks, that ends our special brief today on the battle for the Pacific. I sure hope you enjoyed it. And I, I really hope that you spend some time looking at these island nations. Because as I see it, we'll need to become pretty familiar with where we fought in World War II to prepare for the likelihood of World War III. Before I let you go this morning, I've got a quick question on a very serious subject from a listener about how close we are to a nuclear war with Russia. We'll be right back. Hey, Mike Baker here. Did you know that a recent survey found that 7 in 10 parents get an average of 3 hours of sleep a night in their baby's first year? I don't know, that sounds like, like a lot more sleep than we got during our baby's first year. Mothers, you deserve quality sleep. And here's how you can make that happen. Cozy Earth. Discover the secret to better sleep with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products. And now here's an exclusive Mother's Day. Don't forget Mother's Day is coming up. It's a Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use code PDB for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Cozy Earth bedding products are crafted with temperature-regulating technology. It's adapting to your body's needs through all phases of motherhood. 
They use only the very best fabrics, materials, and weaves, offering superior softness that invites you to sink into a world of comfort. We use these sheets of the Baker Compound, and I am telling you, they are terrific. And Cozy Earth stands by the quality and longevity of its products. Enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all purchases. That's a 10-year warranty. Built to last through the hardest days and the longest nights of motherhood. Incorporating Cozy Earth products into your self-care routine can enhance sleep quality and overall wellness. This Mother's Day, treat your mom to the luxury, come on, she deserves with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code PDB for 35% off. After placing your order, select Podcast in the survey and then select PDB in the drop-down menu that follows. You've heard it said, and it's true. Time is our most precious commodity. And the question is, how can you spend it wisely to improve yourself and the people around you? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you about a great way to continue the lifelong process of learning, and that's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subjects. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. Correct. I did say free. As an example, sign up for Constitution 101, the meaning and history of the U.S. Constitution. Now, in this 12-lecture course, you'll explore the design and purpose of the Constitution, the challenges it faced during the Civil War, and how it's been undermined for more than a century by progressivism and liberalism. The course is self-paced, so you can start whenever and wherever. Enroll now in Constitution 101. Our country needs more Americans who understand the Constitution and can defend the freedom of the American people against the encroachments of an increasingly large and unaccountable government. Go right now to hillsdale.edu pdb to enroll. There's no cost, and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash pdb to register. Welcome back to the PDB, ladies and gentlemen. I've got one more thing before I let you go. Nick in Cumming, Georgia wrote in asking this question. If a significant number of fighting age Russian men manage to leave their country and avoid a draft, do you think that that will make Mr. Putin more likely to use nuclear weapons? To me, it seems like if you can't throw troops at this war, you might have to resort to throwing more arms at it. Well, Nick, this is an awesome question. And your logic is very sound. There is a very real concern that if Putin loses the people and the equipment that he needs to win, he'll start to become desperate. Still, I think it's important to remember this. The use of nuclear weapons is less of a military decision, and it's actually more of a political decision. If someone pulls that nuclear trigger, they know what it means for their country, for their legacy, for the world. If you pull that trigger at the wrong moment or for the wrong cause, the entire world unites against you for generations. And Putin knows that. So will he be a rational man when he thinks about pulling the trigger? Or will he be desperate and not care? Well, the honest answer, Nick, is we don't know. We are in uncharted territory. And that's such an overused phrase, but my goodness, it is accurate here. Up until Monday, Putin was gambling that he could freeze Europe this winter back to the negotiating table because they need his natural gas. But now he can't turn back on those natural gas Nord Stream pipelines. Somebody blew them up. And that means Putin has less to offer Europe to sue for peace. 
And that means a longer war and higher the odds that things escalate to the use of nuclear weapons. And Nick, I'll tell you, it's why this war must end with diplomacy, no matter how hard we have to pinch our noses as we all sign that deal. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes your morning brief. As always, we close out the show reminding each other of why we are here, talking about our country and our world. It's the creed of every good spy and every smart American. It's from John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, spring is in full swing, and for millions of folks, that means yard work and gardening. Am I right? Now, here's a pro tip for those of you looking to spruce up your landscaping. Fast-growing trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S. They've got over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Save yourself the time and trouble of multiple trips to those crowded nurseries. You know what I'm talking about. Fast-growing trees is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. They can tell you what grows best in your area, how to plant, when to plant. It's like having your own expert gardener. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. So go to FastGrowingTrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are, and it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available.